congratulations. You found it. The most inappropriate book club you never knew you were missing. Starring the original book divas, Martha Steele, Vonnie Golden, and Nicole Shaded. Also featuring book nerd, Jessica Butcher. These people are passionate about books. Maybe a little too passionate. Plotting world domination, one book at a time. They are three book girls. So I'm going to make the body of the horse for my nephew. Oh, that one that we were working on a while ago? It's been Is a this like a, a child's toy that you're making? Yeah, my sister-in-law wants me to make a stuffed horse for her new baby because his nursery is going to be horse-themed. Aww. He's named after her dad, and I think he trained horses. Hmm. I don't know. He died when she was really little. But I'll make the body. I'm really scared to screw up the head <gasps> Here and she is. scar my nephew. <laughs> Yeah. Mommy, he's a horse. He's a horse. I'm scared. A horse is a horse. Of course, of course. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> Hold on. Here's Ola. Hello. Hi. Is this Ola? Yes, this is me. <laughs> Hello. We've been waiting to hear from you. Hi. Can you guys hear me fine? Yeah, we yeah. can hear you great. Can you hear all of us? Yes, I can hear you. Awesome. <laughs> this is so oh exciting. My god, oh my god. <laughs> Take a deep breath. Take a deep breath. <laughs> it's going to be fine. We'll we'll be kind to you, we promise. And just <laughs> well we will. Martha might not be. Yeah, well, I do. <laughs> you need to introduce her. Oh, well, Ola, um, you have a really fascinating name, which we were not able to pronounce even in our heads. <laughs> so <laughs> I'm really curious. How do you pronounce your whole name? Uh, so it's Ola Wumi. The N and the M are both pronounced, but usually people don't know that. They usually assume when it's silent, but it's Ola Wumi. I usually tell people hola because it sounds like hello in Spanish and people get a laugh out of it. <laughs> <laughs> hola, hola. Yeah, I get that joke all the time. <laughs> well, you are in Houston, so of I course, was going to say, know. especially living in South exactly, Texas. Exactly, yeah. So what part of Houston do you live in? So I, I actually live in Ohio, but I go to school in Houston. Oh, so I, I live see. on campus, around campus, the University of Houston on the outskirts. So probably midtown, downtown oh, a little bit. Okay, okay. Yeah. So what part of Iowa? Did you say Iowa? No, I Ohio. 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 Okay, so what, yes, uh, what part of... Lima, Ohio. It's about a two-hour drive for Columbus. I know Ohio a little bit. My stepbrothers are from Ohio. Tell us about your hometown. So it's a really tricky situation. I used to live in Houston, and then my sister got a job in Ohio, so we moved to Ohio. Oh. But I was already in the University of Houston, so I didn't move my university. I didn't switch schools, so I just decided to come here during the holidays. So I'm still fairly new to Ohio, but I live here because I moved to my sister. I didn't grow up in Houston. I grew up in um, Nigeria. I was born and raised in Nigeria, and I moved to Houston when I was 15. Oh, that's okay. cool. And that's pretty, uh, I live pretty much, I don't know if you know Cyprus. It's like 45 minutes from downtown Houston. Okay, so, yeah. Isn't that south? Yeah. Okay. Well, I lived in Fort Bend County in uh, oh, okay. in Richmond. Oh, Richmond, Texas. That's yeah, cool. for two years. Yeah. So I kind of have an idea of what the area is like, but... The locations, right. Yeah, yeah. I kind of have... You're also pretty used to our traffic. Oh, I, I knew you were going to mention that. I just knew it. I, <laughs> I remember living there, and I wasn't working at the time. I was a stay-at-home mom. And if you left your house between 10 and 1, it was okay. You could get where you were going. Yeah. But if you were still on the road by 3 p.m., you might as well just wait another hour. You, it was an hour to get anywhere. That's crazy. It, it's terrible because, like, my friends, I live on campus, but my friends commute. And whenever they're done with classes, they're like four. They have to wait on campus because it's we're, you're going to be on, waiting on the road anyway. Yeah. You might as well just wait on campus because you're not going to get home until two hours later. Yeah, that yeah. yeah it That's is bad. Crazy. So you just wait until after the traffic dies down around 7. Yeah, and they then come home. over to my apartment and chill and wait till like seven or eight before they can leave. Yeah, it's insane. Mm. And and it's, all of these years later, you'd think they'd have that shit figured out, but they yeah. don't. And the crazy thing is there's like six lane roads. How are the traffic? It's so big, yet there's still so many cars on the road. Well, I think Houston is the top, the fourth largest city in the U.S. Is that right? Right. Okay, yes, yeah. Yeah. So that kind of gives you an idea. And it grew so fast that the roads yeah, did not yeah. keep up. So I'm sure that was probably part of it. What's your favorite bookstore there in Houston? 
Hmm, I just started driving, so I haven't really been to much, but there is a bookstore next to my school that's the easiest for me to go to, and I don't really know the name. It's kind of like a little small sign, but usually I just go there. I don't really buy anything. I just go there to walk around and get the bookstore feel, essentially. Oh, but that's awesome, though. But now that I'm driving, probably we'll start going, like, a little bit. It'd take, like, you know, four hours to get to the bookstore and back. I loved (laughs) That's where I was introduced to Half Price Books was in Houston. Oh, usually I just buy the books online. That's kind of just my thing. I'm kind of a homebody, so you won't see me outside. (laughs) And I'll have my books delivered to me. I just usually walk to bookstores if I need inspiration or just I've run out of books to read at home. Well, that makes sense. Yeah. Do you visit your library as well? Yeah, the library in my school is pretty huge, so I'm really thankful for that. We're college students, so we're broke. So Uh, I can check out like six books at a time. They don't have a limit on the amount of books you can check out at my school library. So usually I'll just check out a lot. Yes. Libraries have saved my life because I would be I would be a pauper (laughs) if it wasn't for the library because I'm so into books. It's kind of frightening. I also like the the app Libby because you can check out ebooks too. That's like the best thing that ever happened to me when I found out you can check out ebooks. Libby and Overdrive are really kind of the same thing, yeah. except for Libby is... Yeah, I think it's pretty much the same. I yeah. think Libby's newer. It is, and what you can do with Libby is you can start reading before it downloads all the way. Oh, I so do. So, I mean, it's it's like it doesn't store the books the same way on your phone or something. Uh, I never used Overdrive. I really just went straight to Libby, so I don't yeah. really know the difference. But I know that Libby's fairly new. Yeah. I'm really thankful for it because it's awesome. I have to agree. Um, it is the it is the very very best. Hmm. What what are you going to school for? Uh, my major is electrical engineering, and I'm a junior, so I hope to graduate by next fall. Yay! And any specific field that you're thinking of going into when you graduate? Yes. Yeah, so I'm thinking of doing. So when you're in our program, the electrical engineering, you can choose out of six concentrations. There's electronics and computer, but I decided to go into power. So I'm doing power and systems. I'm trying, my goal is to find, to be able to create a revolutionary way of like cleaner energy, essentially. <gasps> we need power and we're never going to run out. We're never going to stop needing power. And I've tried to find a way that we can generate power without destroying the earth. Oh, that is so cool. We love you even more now. <laughs> yeah, that's what I'm trying to base my CNA design project on. A cleaner way of getting power. Well, you'll have to keep us updated on that because, you know, we are all about Mother Earth. (laughs) I get called a tree hugger quite often. Oh, no, I get that. My sister calls me a hippie. (laughs) And I don't know how that is, but I just don't want to (laughs) die. You know, I don't want Earth to die. It's kind of just basic. Agreed. Agreed, agreed. I think we should wear our tree hugger and hippie badges with pride because we're doing earth of service yes we should we don't really care what they think do we no we yeah. do not i think you should we'll just tell them to fuck right off yeah <laughs> screw you <laughs> i think i need to get a new hippie t-shirt now you've inspired me <laughs> i think i'm i think as soon as we hang up i'm gonna go on etsy and then i would just tweet you everything i find <laughs> that's awesome we love that um, so I'm going to give you an option. You can stay, okay. you can stay on the line for the whole podcast if you want, or you can do your, your portion with your review and then listen to the rest of it when we post it up. Is it fine if I stay the whole time? I mean, this of is course. like my dream. <laughs> of course. So we, we love that. We know you're not going to be offended by anything we say because you're one I of know. Because you are one of us. Well, I mean, she's listening to the podcast. She knew what she was going to get to. <laughs> so, does she know who she's on with? Like, oh, and Jessica's here too, yeah. by the way. Um, oh, hi. Hey. Yeah, we Jessica's our girl this week. Woohoo. And then, <laughs> and then the old regulars. And then us two old ladies. You got the old ladies on the line. Yep. There's nothing regular about you girls. <laughs> That's you guys are awesome. <laughs> That is so totally true there. We are not normal. Because no. normal is freaking boring. Yep. We were just talking about, you know, if, if you've listened to the podcast at all, you know that Vonnie's a crocheter. Yeah. Jessica also crochets. And they're like, they, they like text back and forth and share patterns with you. Like a couple of little old ladies, I'm telling you. So I walk in and here they are talking about this cro- crochet project. This crocheted horse. Yeah. So tell a us about horse? that. Yeah, it's a it's horse. A, it's a stuffed animal. A yeah. horse. Oh, okay. My nephew 
I have another nephew coming in November, so that brings me to what four nephews. I I know you're just yeah. multiplying. Um, and my sister-in-law wants me to make a crochet horse for him because his nursery is going to be horses. But I'm not really good with stuffed animals, so Vonnie's going to make the head because I'm really scared I'm going to mess it up. <laughs> What's wrong with making a horse's head? It's hard. And if it's disfigured, you want a disfigured horse in your child's crib? Because I feel like that's kind of messed up. The eyes are going to be like different levels. <laughs> Looks real I scary. That'd be very terrifying for you. Like, hmm. It's going to be like when Tyler was a baby and saw Cookie Monster and went running from the room screaming. <laughs> <laughs> oh god i can imagine he goes to preschool and they're they're like showing pictures of horses and he's all freaked out he has a he's gonna what do you call that a horse phobic what somebody google horsephobia horse equinophobia equinophobia i don't know let's that was see a guess. shot in the dark <laughs> he's let's gonna see be all, fear of horses he's gonna be all freaky <laughs> And his whole room is full of building horses. <laughs> yeah. Poor little guy. You're going to scar him for a life, Jessica, with your wonky horse head. That's why Bonnie's making the head. <laughs> You'll be. It is equinophobia. Is Look. it really? Yes. Look. Good job. The well read women have <laughs> prevailed. Prevailed once again. How come when I make shit up, that's never a word? <laughs> it also says it might be hippo. Hippophobia? Hippophobia? Is that, is that a, another one? Fear of hippos? <laughs> I googled uh, fear of horses and it oh. said it's equinophobia or hippophobia. So Hip- I don't know. Yeah, hippophobia. Hippophobia. It's right I kind of like that one better. Hippophobia? Yeah, because it's, it's ambiguous. Sort of mm. like clownophobia isn't called clownophobia. It's called something else. Mm-hmm. I don't clownophobia. Know. No, it's called like, I don't know, something... I didn't have a clown. Somebody Google that shit, damn it. What's clownophobia? I didn't have a fear of clowns until you made up your spider clowns in our <laughs> D&D game. So we start playing D&D. Holdrophobia? Yeah. Calrophobia. Cal- yeah. Calrophobia. So we start playing D&D, and, and if for those of you who haven't seen Stranger Things or haven't uh, heard of D&D, it's basically a story created by the main storyteller and then the people who are playing make up a character and then interact with the world that the uh, dungeon masters created. And I'm the dungeon master. So of course I can't just use the book and use the monsters that they've created for me. I have to make up my own. So I made up this terrifying monster for the girls last week, which is this giant spider the way it lures its prey in is by this evil clown laugh thing. And like e- little, oh. like little evil and music. Eerie, eerie music. Like Pennywise? Oh, well, no, not Pennywise <laughs> specifically, but, you know, that, that kind of circus feel. music kind of. And it lures its prey in that way. And then um, it, when you get close to it, it's got a real colorful face like a clown. And of course, a big scary body and big legs. There's so, actually there well, actually is a clown spider. Yeah, the, Alyssa, you should have seen her face when I played back at the little sound of the. Cl- I mean, that's, clown music. that's a little horrifying. That's a clown spider. Yeah. Is there there really is, is there a clown a real- spider. Well, mine is way more colorful than that. Well, I know, but this is for real life, not a D and D monster. <laughs> yeah, this one's a big ass <clears throat> scary one. You took the two most feared things and then just made the worst, the world's most horrible monster. <laughs> Holy shit, that is scary looking. <laughs> I actually went around the office asking people specifically to mix two things that they're afraid of, and that's how I came up with the uh, clown spider, with the monster clown spider. Well, there goes my sleep tonight. <laughs> <laughs> You You're find, welcome. You should find that music and play it for her because it was pretty <clears throat> see if I can fucking find it. creepy. I told Alyssa I was going to call her in the middle of the night and just play that music. Okay. She totally freaks her out. She's <laughs> totally freaked out by that. My little brother made me watch Insidious with him. And then at like midnight for like a week, he would sit outside my door and play Tiptoe to the Tulips like an asshole. <laughs> like, I remember dick. that. I remember that. Not Let's cool. see if I can find it. Have you ever watched Freddy Krueger? You know that one song, uh, One, Two, Freddy's Coming for you no i don't watch scary movies this is why i was really mad at my brother for that (laughs) i used to sing that to my sister just because it would freak her out Uh -uh. after we watched nightmare on elm street well siblings are just the worst they really are (laughs) they really really are 
I love my brother. She's a stronger person for it. I'm just thinking about Jessica's story, and my little brother would definitely do that to me. (laughs) I could totally see him doing that. How old is your little brother? 17. He's 17. Uh, Wow. Michael and I were about 16 and 17 when he did that, I think. So, fair. Oh, no. Should I be expecting that? (laughs) (laughs) Yes. Is this the age where they just want to scare the crap out of everyone? Basically. I'm telling you guys. What are you, are you doing? Okay? Well, I I uh I rode today in the in the girl car uh-huh. with the top down cuz my husband has car. This, my <laughs> yeah, my husband has a midlife crisis car. So I I drove the Miata today down I44 to the office and I had the top down all the way cuz I don't have to have good hair today, you know, cuz it's just Sunday, the girls yeah. and it's Sunday. So um I just now something fell down my back. <gasps> Mm-hmm. And into my underwear. Sounds better. <laughs> in the panties. Right, right while we were talking about the Well, I wondered spider. why you had your hands down your pants. I wasn't going to ask on air. <laughs> so I had my hand down my pants trying to shake. You know? I'm like, Martha, what, what the hell are you doing over there with your hands in your pants? Yeah, that's why. Apparently, and clown it, spiders turn her on. She and it fell out. It fell out. What was it? It was a bug. Hey. I can't find it now. So now it lives in the studio. <laughs> well, I went in to um, put an undershirt on under this shirt because, you know, it's pretty see-through. Mm-hmm. And when I was just playing with the dogs, I don't care if my shirt's see-through. And I went to put a different shirt on. And I guess from the dogs jumping on me, I had grass all in my bra <laughs> right here. So I had to, like, clean get... my bra out before I could You're put my shirt. <laughs> boobies on the grass? What the hell? I, I mean, I didn't. I didn't get in the grass. It had to have been from dogs. <laughs> oh, you know what? It was not a bug. It was a little it, piece of my necklace that fell. Oh. Oh. That was much better. I, I don't feel so freaked out now. Because <laughs> I'm, I'm still looking around the floor for the freaking bugs. <laughs> little did they know that I'm reading a horrible horror book right now. Called, what is that called? A Guide for Murdered Children. A Guide for Murdered Children. Oh, I'm so excited to review that, but I feel like I'm going to need like a flow diagram for all the turns that oh, it took. Oh, I know, I know. <laughs> We're, it starts so early for October because it's really hard. To you, find books. Yeah. I mean, we need, there are four of us for every podcast that we do. So there's four weeks in October, at least, sometimes five. So that's at least 16. 16 yeah. horror books that we have to come up with for the month of October. And we're in our, like, what, third year? We're trying to find something that we haven't already done. And that's But that's also not crappy. Yes, exactly. Yeah. yeah. I had the worst luck last year. Every book, horror book that I read, I was like, this sucks. Yeah. <laughs> I go through, I've already gone through two books that are, you know, DNFs. Yeah. Because they sucked. Yeah. Before I went on to the next one. Do you one. have any horror books that you like, Ola? I don't really read horror. Oh, I don't think okay. I've ever tried it. I don't think I'm a hated, but I guess I should give it a chance. Who knows? Maybe this Halloween. Well, you don't have to give it a chance, to be fair, but. I mean, I do have responsibility, too. I am born in October, but I feel like <gasps> I should try it at least. Yeah. Oh, my gosh. Mm-hmm. She's a Halloween baby. <laughs> sort of, kind of. Uh, what's your actual birthday? <laughs> Uh, October 1st. I just barely made it. We have our next live event in October, actually. Um, So we're going to be... Yeah, it's on October 12th. Well, since I can't get into the Metro Library and go in order... we got to talk about that, too. So this morning... or No, it was last night that I started trying to... I I totally lose my mind if something's wrong with the library. Uh And they've got issues with their website. But I'm thinking it's my fault. So here I am. I'm online trying to download a book... And it keeps sending back this information like something's wrong with my card. Yeah, that's what I was getting to. But but this morning, I'm starting to get something. It's when you, for the Metro Library. Yeah, I've downloaded a book right before I got here. Did you you really from the Metro? Yeah, on Overdrive. It won't let me get in. I can't get in either. Uh, It keeps telling me that um, there's something wrong with the website. It's like. Um, That's like a nightmare. It's all this horror shit. It's messing up my life because now all of a sudden the library is like, dun, dun, dun. Well, you I need to download any books. I, I need to renew one of my books that's fixing to go out that I haven't read yet. Doesn't it feel like whenever the library is not, not working that your entire life is in shambles? I, I know. It does feel. 
Yeah, I'm going to have to go over, physically go over to the library when I finish here and sort this shit out because I can't survive without my library card. <laughs> yeah, no, it's still not going to. Yeah, it's not. And because I can't look at what I read from the last one that I read, I'm going to have to go out of order. And you know how much I hate to go out of order. Oh, my god! Of what I've read. Can you go forward without your... I can. Oh, okay. It's funny to me because that's totally me. Whenever it's like it's not in order, I just start... It's just chaos. It is. It's chaos. And then later when I'm trying to go in order, I'm going to go, oh, wait, I can't do that book because I already did it. You just don't understand oh, the pain <laughs> that, yeah. that us orderly people... Well, OCD people, you mean? I've only got one book that I can review from last month's reads because I was just catching up on all the things that I needed to read. I yeah. read The Rook, which has been reviewed. Oh, The Rook is so good. I loved The Rook and Good Omens. And then mm-hmm. I read Vicious and Vengeful, which yep, I also read. Yep. Yeah. And Jessica then, and I are book twins, so she has a hard time finding stuff. Well, I read Good Omens last month. Yeah, I read it. Should, we should use that as one of our books good at omens. some point for the, um, for the live event because... So many of us have read it. I think all so of us good. have read that. We, we have. I've read it twice, actually. I've been meaning to read that. The show is kind of tempting me. I've been, I've been putting the show off because, like, I want to read the book first. But, like, it's so tempting, especially when I see it on Twitter and I just want to. <laughs> <laughs> They're both so good. Like, I want to understand that reference, but I can't. <laughs> Eventually, you will get. I have to read my books in order and <laughs> not to come to the list. Just skip to good omens. Bonnie has found her book twin. <laughs> you have to go in order. Sometimes well, I do this weird thing. If I find a book in, that I want to read, I look up the, or- the author and see, like, if it's their first book. I don't know. For authors, I like reading their books. Like, super- I want to see how they've grown, like, what's different. Even if it's not a series, I'm just like, yeah, I want to start with like, what what's your first book? And yeah. then just go up like this. I don't know. Well, I only you do- know what? If you're going to collect, you got to do that. Because you yeah. got to get the first edition of their first book. And that way, if they become super famous, then you're set for life. Yeah. I do that sometimes <laughs> when I find an go. author that yeah, I really right. like. I'll look up like some of their older books to read them to see how they progressed to the one that I did read that I loved. Hmm. Kind of like Ken Follett. That's kind of what Ola was just saying. So she's raising her eyebrows right now. She thinks Ken Follett is hot. <laughs> Can I dress up like Ken Follett? I don't even know what he looks like. But um, he's, a, he's a silver fox. Yeah, oh, is he like just, an illegitimate silver she's fox? She's got a daddy or... complex or something going on here. Oh. Hey, big boy. Are you 65? Let's go to the early bird special. I don't know if he's really that attractive. Uh, Je- Jessica's leaving the room now. <laughs> she's all freaked out. <laughs> Gross. Uh, that's funny. All right. Gross. Do you have your book ready? Yes, and it's by Ken Follett. Oh, my God. Hence my bridge into my book. Shit. Okay. <laughs> and this is a book that was published in 1996. So this was back when he was writing his thrillers before he really got into the historical fiction so much. Mm-hmm. Um, and this is a techno thriller kind of about like twins and... The concept of nurture versus nature. I think I've read that. Have you read it? I think so. What is it? The third twin. Yes, I've read that. Okay. So uh, there's a professor named Jeannie who's doing a study on twins who have not grown up together. So she has engineered um, a computer program to pull up medical records that are matching for identical twins Um and then she like looks up to see if they've grown up together or if they were like maybe adopted when they were separated mm-hmm. at mm-hmm. birth for some reason. And that's what she's studying. Um, and mainly she's studying if one of them is a criminal versus one of them has not committed a crime. I'm guessing that this was kind of done before the HIPAA laws came into effect. Yeah, I was going to say, because it didn't used to be illegal to separate twins. Or not illegal, but seriously friendly. Well, no, no, no. I mean, as far as looking up the medical medical records, records, because you can't look up medical records now. Yeah, that's true. Like that. So I almost had a small panic attack when I was reading this book, and I even text Martha. I'm like, I don't. I don't understand. You can't do this kind of stuff with the HIPAA laws. You can't you can't just get into people's medical files like this. And then I looked up the date and I'm like, okay, 1996 is when they came in effect. So when it was written, it would have been right before the HIPAA laws. Mm-hmm. And I was 
I was about to be very disappointed in Ken Follick and my world was going to burst. <laughs> <laughs> because she's all about the authenticity. Yes, because it has to be realistic. It has to follow the rules. And um, that being said, there are parts of this book that are not realistic. I can't really say exactly what, but like there's a couple of times that illegal things were done with no consequences Mm. That wouldn't happen in real life. Mm. That I had to kind of stretch my mind past. That's I mean, good for you. Because it went with the story. Mm. And it was Ken Follett, so he well, gets a Well, you have pass. to realize he's grown as an author, though. I think he has grown as, yeah. as an author. Yeah. Yeah. But, I mean, I still did like this book. Um, like I said, it's about this professor who's studying the nurture versus nature of identical twins who's grown up apart and one is a criminal. So that's the basis of the whole book. Well, there's specific she was looking um, um, criminals, innocent as adults. Specific, like kind of cri- criminals, or I think she was just looking. Yeah, for- why she wanted one to be a criminal and the other. Like, was that just a decision she just made, or was there a reason? Did it have something to do with her research? Well, oh. she was pr- she was trying to uh, pinpoint why criminals. Um become become why they become criminals and what she was trying to pinpoint what makes them commit these crimes whether it was genetic or or how they were raised so that she can try to make you know the world a safer place because if she could pinpoint it maybe it's like like a criminal gene a genetic mutation that you know can be fixed or something like that and i think that's what the point of her research was but she comes across Um, one of the students of the college who comes up in her research and there's an identical twin who's in prison in another state that he doesn't know about and everything just doesn't make sense because the mom, his mom is, um, had him naturally, you know, has always been and wasn't adopted or anything. And she only had one baby. So you're not quite sure how they are identical twins when both parents had them naturally. They weren't adopted or anything, and they only had one baby. So both. is that the is that the, the that's like a doppelganger thing, right? They're actually twins. Oh, just, but then then when she does her her program more, she finds a. Third one that's identical <gasps> that's to the right. other two. That's right. I rem- I'm remembering now. Yeah. yeah. So. So that's part of this part of the intrigue of the story, right? Then she starts, you know, trying to research and and find out what's going on. And while she's doing this, um, there's crimes that happen, which I don't want to get into details about the crimes. I'll let you read the book, and they arrest the student who's part of her study for these crimes because the only other person with identical DNA is already in prison. So this third twin that she finds, his DNA isn't on record in in the police department records for anything. So they don't even, it's like he doesn't even exist almost. Then it becomes an investigation that she's trying to find out what in the world happened, how they're ended up with Three identical people who all have different parents and all of the parents, you know, they're their natural children and so on and so forth. And it sounds really interesting to me that they have they all have different parents, but they're triplets like or twins with a third one. Right. It was very interesting. It was really interesting if the ending part didn't have those discrepancies Mm. that wouldn't really happen in real life. Uh oh. That's the only thing that just kind of that would be the only reason why I don't read this book again, just because Yeah, I and hate I it know, when the ending sucks, man. I mean the ending was good and there was plenty of, you know, action and intrigue and are they gonna, you know, is are are the bad people gonna get away with it or is something gonna happen? I mean, he takes it right up to the end. It's just my weirdness that it has to be logical and make sense. And not all books make sense. No. Yeah. And so I, I don't know. That's the only thing that just it made it almost cliche. Mm. I've read too many books that have those kind of endings 
Yeah. And I was a little disappointed in Ken Follick when I was reading this. Well, dude, it's a end. 90s book. Come on. Give him a break. I know. That's a long time ago. A lot of bad things happened in the 90s. <laughs> yes, but really, I mean, I still have to give it a, a four and a half stars because up until then, it was really good. And that was The Third Twin by Ken Follett. Are you ready for your review, Ola? Uh, yes, I am. Okay. Yay! Let's go. Let's go. Let's go. Okay. So the book i reviewing is called The Last Magician by Lisa Maxwell. It's uh, YA, and um, it's fantasy, mm-hmm. kind of sci-fi, kind of not sci-fi, <laughs> but mostly fantasy. And it's, it starts out with the first couple pages is very vague, and it starts out with a magician. They keep referring to him as a magician, and he's jumping off the Manhattan Bridge. <gasps> and it's 1902, and he has a book in his hand. Whoa! And then... Mm-hmm. The first chapter just ends with him plunging into the water. So that's how it starts. <laughs> and that part kind of got me. And I was like, yes, okay, cool. <laughs> and then the second chapter, we just fast forward to the future, which is the present time. And it's following a girl. She's also in Manhattan. And she's um, Magdis. I don't know how to pronounce it. But they're, they have, like, affinities is what they call it, like, magical powers. Mm-hmm. And hers is the power of time. So she, she, we don't know who her parents are. Are, but we know she works for a professor who's kind of like her um, father figure, mm-hmm. kind of. Mm-hmm. And she, he's been training her. She's She has an affinity for time, so she can move through time. She's been going back and forth in time, trying to get different artifacts and gems. It amplifies their powers, Magus's powers. Uh. So she's been going around trying to get, because they're scattered all over time. So she's she travels to like 1930, gets it from like someone's house, and then brings it back to the present. Ooh. And in the present, in the present, where she, she's a thief, essentially. In the present, where she lives, the there's only few people who have affinities left. So they're basically extinct. In Manhattan, there's this thing called the Brink, where any any person with an affinity that comes into Manhattan past that Brink, it's on the Manhattan Bridge, mm-hmm. is trapped in. So you can never leave. <gasps> so they're trapped in there. So she's never been outside of Manhattan in her life. And there's only a few of them left in there. The Brink kind of just traps them in. You can come in, but you can't go up. But you can travel in time and shit, right? Uh, but she, everybody has an affinity. She, her affinity is traveling to, through time. Oh, okay. So that's her special okay. power. Yeah. So each one and has so she, different powers. Yeah. So some people have like fire. Someone else has, uh, he can bend light. So essentially he can be invisible and travel by bending light. And then another person can heal someone. So they all have different affinities. Ours is just time. And she uses it to steal. Cool. So... The professor has been training her since she was a kid to steal. What they're trying to do is restore, reverse something that happened in the past. So in 1902, that magician uh, essentially committed suicide with the book. Oh. And then after that, the, the book contains a way to destroy the brink. Oh. And so the brink, the brink is the thing that's trapping them in Manhattan. So her and the professor and their entire team is trying to go back to 1902 to stop the magician from destroying the book. They don't know why he destroyed it because nobody knows what happened back then. And nobody but knows she needs what's all in the, the book. Gems. Yeah, she needs all the gems to be able to have enough power to steal it in 1902. Uh-huh. So that's essentially what she's been training for. She's been going to different timelines to steal just so she can have enough experience to steal the big thing, the big final job. And so we're following her into 1902. She's trained enough. She goes... The second chapter is just basically... Esther going to 1902 with, uh, by herself, and her, her main mission is to find the magician and stop him from destroying the book. Because if he destroys the book, we're, the brink, we're trapped in the brink for the rest of eternity. And we're trying to stop that. And so she gets to 1902, and it's not really much different from the present because they're still trapped, the brink still exists. But the, the, the brink was created by these people called the Order, and it's just a bunch of rich, wealthy white men in 1902. And they try to control people with affinity because not everybody has affinity. And so they, they created the brink to trap them inside. And they're kind of under, they treat them like second-class citizens, the people with powers. Mm. And so the order is in charge of, they're pretty much the wealthy, rich white men. So they have control over everything. They control the food, where they live. And so they push the Magus and everyone with affinity to like the lower side of town. And then they bully them and basically just treat them terribly. 
Mm. And so she has to go live in a time like that, where she's already lived in the present. She's a 21st century 17-year-old girl, and she's lived being able to wear shorts and not having to follow a man outside and stuff like that. But she has to live in 1902, where it's much, much different. Mm. And also, she has to deal with the order, because although the people with affinity in the present are basically almost extinct, they don't have the order anymore. It's oh. been, it died somewhere along the line. But back there, she has to do with the order because if they find out that you have an affinity in 1902, they will kill you or push you to the brink. And if you step out of the brink, you will die. Essentially, It takes out your affinity. Oof. So they, she has to, they all have to live in hiding and they can't tell people that they have affinity or stuff like that. It's the, the book basically just follows her trying to steal the book from the magician. Along the way, she meets other people. She eventually, something happens and she gets trapped in 1902. She can't go back. And so she has to live there for, like, over a year, just trying to figure out a way to steal the book from the order. And it's very hard for her because she's a girl living in 1902, and she has, she becomes friends with the outcasts, like, becomes friends with black people because it was 1902 then, so, like, they were going through stuff, too. So she was trying to... She basically just formed a team from people in 1902, became friends, and it just became her life, her new future, because she can't go back to the present. Oh. she's trying to find the book and there's three books in the series I think the second one already came out uh, it's called The Devil's Thief and I gave that five stars I gave this one four stars because I really liked it but there were some parts like the first the second chapter I didn't really like because I was so confused on what the big words and she was mm. introducing us to affinities and I'd never heard of like any of that it was kind of just weird but it's after always- I got sucked in it, it went back really fast yeah it's always hard when you pick up a fantasy novel to yeah. acclimate yourself to the language that they use and their mannerisms and all that kind of stuff because it's there's nothing to grab onto. Yeah, it's kind of like that right now for me. Sorry, not to go on like on a no. tangent, but I'm reading the book. Um, um, what's it called? The Rise and Fall of Dodo. Oh, I love that and book. Like, yeah, the first couple page, the first couple of chapters, he's just like talking physics and like it's sci-fi, and I read a lot of sci-fi. But the first couple pages of sci-fi yep. and fantasy are pretty much the same. We're trying to figure out what the heck are you talking yep. about? Yep, and and Neil well, Neil Stevenson is really, really, really smart, and you get a lot of very confusing stuff that comes out that you just sort of have to wade through. Yeah, I always have my iPad next to me so I can, like, Google words because he would explain a concept and I just don't understand what that means. And I'm electrical engineering and I'm like, I need to know what this means because I can't let it go. <laughs> so I just spend, like, 10 minutes, 15 minutes researching what quantum mechanics is before I can go back to my book. That's essentially how it is. I do that a lot. Yeah, so uh, back to the book. It's basically just her trying to figure out. Um, she's trapped in 1902 trying to figure out a way to steal the book. And, of course, because it's a YA book, she and the magician kind of have a thing. Of course. But it's not really a thing. It's not in a way that, like, overpowers the book. It's just kind of like a undertone of, you know, there's, like, some tension there, but they never really address it. Oh, well, that's good. So it's just, it's just like we're in a team. We're trying to steal the book. I'm trying to stop you. He has some secrets, and we don't know his life or his past life or why he destroyed the book in 1902. And he doesn't know about her. Nobody knows that she's from the past. They all just assume uh. she's. She acquired a new identity when she went to 1902. So they're both keeping secrets from each other, and they both don't trust each other. But there's tension, but they don't even speak about it. So it's just like, mm. we all know it's there. He knows it's there. She knows it's there. I know it's there. But, like, nobody's saying a word. I like that kind, though. I actually might read this book. So, like, the second book, they kind of develop on it. But, like, that's another mm. thing. I like the second book better because I, at that point, I already got accustomed Mm-hmm. to like the story and everything i'm already too invested the first book it's kind of slow the first couple of chapters and I, sometimes it reads like a movie i feel like this would make it a really gr- great movie i was gonna ask wasn't is really this... good like, just imagine a scene where it's just this guy with a huge book jumping off the manhattan bridge you, th- just, that's what totally catches me about it though it opens like a movie kind of ends like a movie too because when it gets to like the climax and they're all on the bridge and it's kind of just trying to figure out like by the end of the way it, it works it, it starts in 1902 where he jumps off and then they go to the future and they're working their way backwards to 1902 to where he jumped off. Uh, it's like, it's like a freeze frame and it's like, uh, my name's this and you're probably ha- wondering how I got here. And then it goes on a tangent, how I got here. And then the end of the movie, it's just kind of at that point where you started 
but now you understand the full story, kind of. Cool. That's like vicious. Yeah. Yeah. Vicious is a bit like that. Yeah. Yeah. It flashes yeah. back and forth. I, so I kind of want to read Vicious too because I hear it's pretty good. You should. It's awesome. It's uh, The Last Magician by Lisa Maxwell. And she's really fun because whenever I read books, I like to tweet them because I'm a millennial. <laughs> I like to tweet my emotions and my reactions because I don't really have much book friends, so I don't have anyone to talk to about it. So I'm always tweeting about, oh, my God, this just happened. And then I actually uh, <laughs> tagged her once, and she responded to me. Because at the end of the first book, my life was like in shambles. Like everything was just... You know how to leave you on a cliffhanger for the second book? Uh-huh. Like, I didn't know what the heck was going on, and I was, like, freaking out. And so I tweeted it, and she was like... And then she responded with the meme, which I thought was really funny. But, like, she engages with you on Twitter. Which I oh, mean, that made me fall in love with her and awesome. the book more. She, she, like, sent a gif that was, like, really funny. And I was like, you know what? I love you times 10. Because <laughs> <laughs> yeah. it's so much fun when the author's fun, too. And it's yeah. not just... They write well, but they're also, like, a really good person, kind of. But yeah, The Last Magician by Lisa Maxwell. It, it sounds like a good book, and I, I just may very well dive into that if I can find it on audio. It sounds like a very you book. It does sound it like does. me, doesn't it? Yeah. Yeah. Like a you and Jessica book. Yeah. Mm-hmm. That's so much me, but it sounds like a book for you guys. Yeah. <laughs> I feel like Jessica would like it. Yeah, probably. Because uh, you you reviewed The Red Queen once, yeah. uh, and that was kind of how I knew, like, oh, we probably like the same kind of book. Yeah, I, I really like those yeah. too. All right, shall we move on? Sure. Okay, Jessica. This week, I'm going to review The Girl Who Could Move Shit With Her Mind by Jackson Ford, which Martha also read. (laughs) Yeah, I I just read that. (laughs) So the basic scenario is that there's this team of individuals who work together because they're being blackmailed by the government, essentially, for different things. And they do undercover special ops kind of stuff. And the main character's name is Tegan Frost, and she is psychokinetic, which means she can move shit with her mind, which Jeez. I think is funny. Is that because now, are the they being, title is? <laughs> yeah. Are they being forced by the government because they have special powers? She's the only one with special powers. She has special powers because her parents genetically engineered her that way. Ooh. Um, yeah. And, she's, and something bad happens with her family, and she ends up in the custody of the government, and they can't figure out how her parents made her. So they're like about to dissect her when uh, Moira Tanner steps in and joins her, makes has her join her team. But Tanner's caveat for it is that if she doesn't do what she says, she's going back to the black site. So, mm. so they're using her to do for that. But it's not like the Rook where it's like all these different people with. No, she's the only one that's got powers. The other people, like one of them, is a guy from Mexico who's a really good like getaway driver and. Plays uh, like a ex army special forces guy who's in money trouble, and there's a girl who has all these gang connections, and she's been in and out of jail. Tegan is kind of the outcast, even in the group, because she has these special powers. So people kind of think she's a bit of a freak, and all she really wants to do is be normal. She wants to like open her own restaurant, have a boyfriend, and have a normal life. But that's impossible when you're a secret agent for the government <laughs> and you're being yeah. blackmailed with being dissected. So they have. This big mission that kind of goes haywire and it all turns out okay and they go back and to their bunker type place and they all go home. Like everything's fine and then at midnight she gets like this red alert call to come back and the target has been murdered by having a piece of rebar wrapped around his throat which is something that only a psychokinetic do. So they all think that Tegan did it. Tanner, their leader, is calling and saying you have 23 hours to come up with a plausible explanation for how this isn't you. Or you're going to be dissected. Or you're down. Yeah. So the whole book only covers, what, three or four days? Yeah, a couple of days, really. Yeah, and yeah. it's just them. Uh, and at the beginning, they don't want to help her because they think she's a freak and they think that she did it. And all this stuff happens. And she doesn't know how it happened because she's the only psychokinetic that she knows of in the world. So she's like, I, I didn't do it, but I don't. so there's someone like me out there. So it takes them over the course of two days where she has to convince her team that she isn't capable of killing someone and she wouldn't even know why she'd want to kill this person. And then another murder happens the same way with the rebar. And they're trying to figure out who this person is that's going around and killing these people and what the connection is. I'm not going to give away, say much more because it'll give away too much. Right, but it's, right. So it's basically a story about her trying to clear her name. Yeah, yeah. in like a good day. <laughs> Yeah, yeah. When, and, and people keep come up, to, and keep, pe- 
coming up dead. Yep. Yep. People keep come, showing up dead. Uh, she's being chased and tased by like these random people that They're she doesn't trying know. to kidnap her and all this other and shit. She's got the cops after her because they stole a car. She's got um, Tanner's black ops team is hunting them down to take them back. And yeah, it's, it's just crazy. a lot. There's it's, so much stuff that goes it's on. It's like an action movie. Mm-hmm. Wow. So both of our books were about people trying to clear their name. Yeah, it was really, it was really good. I don't, it was awesome. I was just impressed by how the story went. I, the ending shocked me, which is weird because about halfway through a book, I can usually, I'm like, okay, I know it's going to happen at least sort of, but the ending totally threw me. I didn't see what was going to happen. And it was like a good palate cleanse because it was just a good sci-fi book that was just fun. And I don't know. It was great. I did not like it as much, but it was mainly because I had that thing about books that are too much like movies, mm-hmm. where it's like, ugh, too was- much action, you know? I, I, I like more story, less action, but that's just a personal choice. It was very engaging, and I read it really fast, mm-hmm. um, but it felt like a superhero novel to me. Yeah, a little bit. Yeah, like a it had that novel. same comic book type where I could almost see how they would do it. Right. Well, yeah. if it was but. set in the real world, this might be a sci-fi that I actually like. It was actually pretty good. Is it pretty I mean, logical? Yeah. Uh, her, Except for the PK thing. Yeah, the, the psychokinetic thing. But her parents were... Well, that I can be on board with. People with special abilities. Mm-hmm. It's the, it it's was okay. the whole different worlds No, it was just no, stuff. It was, just it was all in, in our world. It didn't have any... Gotcha. It felt like the Fast and the Furious to me. Yeah, because it was it was, it was so, so run and gun. Yeah, I was actually thinking of X Men the whole time that you were. It's happening in a span of a couple of days. I feel like there's no way to avoid it. Yeah, meaning yeah. Well, because she has twenty four, like, twenty three. She has her twenty three hours. Yeah, it's weird. It's like to clear time is. Yeah, I can see how this will be a huge thing. Right. It's one of those books that I know this is going to be popular. I know it's going to be great. I might even buy a copy. I don't know. Yeah, I really enjoyed it. It goes back and forth between Tegan's point of view and the point of view of the other psychokinetic person who's doing these things. I didn't really like his point of view at all. Half the time, he like monologues a lot, and I was just like, please shut up. Yeah. Monologues like a bad guy, because it seems like bad guys like to monologue. It's like, okay, Magneto, please shut up. It sounds interesting. I think you'd like it. It's really, and like how she gets her powers isn't something weird. Her parents are like genetic engineer yeah, type genetic, people who went to Harvard. I mean, that right there is pretty interesting. Yeah, I think that's the part that fascinates me the most. The whole DNA genetic engineering kind of thing. I've watched so many documentaries about that kind of stuff because I just think it's super cool yeah. and interesting. I think you'd like it. It's a super quick read, too. Yeah, so. it was. I, I buzzed right through it. Well, I look it up on the library app, but I cannot right now. <laughs> <laughs> it Damn is, it. I'm going right to the library after this podcast I know, and figure that shit out. I'll, what's the name of it? The Girl Who Can Move Shit With Her Mind. The Girl... That... Speaking of which, Jessica, we need title and artist. Oh, The Girl Who Can Move Shit With Her Mind by Jackson Ford. All right. I am going for sci-fi. This is almost like a total sci-fi podcast today. I love it. Sci-fi fantasy. Yeah. I'm in. Mine wasn't really sci-fi. It was, well, well, it was, it was a techno. Kind of sciencey. It was sciencey. That Science and was. magic all, all day today. Yep. <clears throat> all right. The one that I read is called Children of Time by Adrian Chavowski. It is really super, super duper sci-fi. Uh, Meaning it takes, the whole thing takes place in space. Meaning I would never read it. <clears throat> exactly. <laughs> hey, you like Hitchhiker's Guide. Yeah, that's true. And this is super, super sciencey in that. One of the main characters in the very beginning is a scientist, and she has created a virus which alters the sentiency of species. And humans have moved out into space, and they've begun to terraform planets because something happened to the Earth and this and that. Because okay, we didn't Di- the, the dying Earth. Earth thing, Ola. So yeah. We we got to fix it before we get to that point, right? <laughs> then we're gonna go kill yeah. other planets. <laughs> I'm on it. Exactly. Get on that, girl. Anyway, this the scientist is in a satellite orbiting the planet where she's terraformed. The planet is ready for her to introduce her apes. Because what her plan is, is to remake a sentient race so that they're not assholes like all humans, which she hates. 
because they ruined <laughs> because they ruined the world, right? They ruined Earth, so she wants a whole new. She she wants a reset. So she's created that virus, and she's got everything ready to go. She's got the apes ready to transport them down to this terraform planet. She's got her virus ready to release, and there's a guy in her team who decides that she's an evil genius and this should not happen. So he goes down to the core of the sh- of the ship and gets ready to blow it up. And she decides that she's going to jettison herself with the remainder of the satellite to keep from getting blown up. So she goes off on this other, you know, in this survival pod or whatever it is that she's in. With the remainder of her satellite, she jettisons herself and the rest of the stuff blows up. Except they've already sent the virus to the planet. So, the sentient virus descends and the only thing on the planet is insects. Ooh. Is it like a bug's life? No. <laughs> Somebody else said that too, which cracks me up. But it's actually the spiders. We came full circle. We, we did. We kind of did. And I did not plan that. I was actually, I had actually made the clone spiders. I ended up reading this book almost right after that. And it, it was really, really, really interesting to see because it talked about the way spiders operate, you know, their whole culture. And then I've never read anything like this. It was super, super, super unique. It was actually suggested to me by one of our fans. He's one of our 40 to 60 year old men. Is it Scott? No, it's not Scott. His name is H.T. Woodson. And I'm going to read his little post. It says, please, please, please review Children of Time and the sequel Children of Ruin by Adrian Chavowski for your sci-fi fans. As one of your 40 to 60 year old male fans who has been reading science fiction since the 80s. These are some of the best, most intelligent science fiction novels I've ever read. The Audible narrator is brilliant. They are the kind of books that I have to constantly pause while listening so I can walk around and process what I've heard. Five stars. Chivowski deserves a shout out. So, of course, had to read it because that is such a great recommendation. And I have to say, HT, man, we're new best buddies because that is a fucking awesome book. I loved it so much much it was so so unique and so interesting the science was incredible now i did have some issues with the whole passing of time hundreds and hundreds of years go by and they wake them up every 200 years and something else has happened and then they put them back under and 200 years later they wake them up again you know it's just really in the back of my mind i'm going okay so how do they eat you know how do they? How does the body stay alive? How does this? How does that? And you know, I'm I'm kind of the, getting the, off the track of the story because you overthink the all this other stuff. The technical details. Yeah, yeah. You're turning into Bonnie. No, I do that with science fiction. Though. <laughs> I was going to say because I, I told you because the whole. I mean, I mean, I totally get it. I'm not the smartest person in the room, but I do like to kind of at least get the whole concept of you know this mm. is why this happens. This is how this happens. I don't totally understand quantum mechanics, but I do know what it is, and I can kind of grasp it. It's the same type of thing where I I kind of wish that that part of it had been addressed a little more. But having said that, it was really a fascinating read, and I just freaking loved it. I thought it was awesome. So, HT, good on you, buddy. Thank you for the recommendation. I'm going to go for The Children of Ruin. As soon as I get a new Audible credit, because they don't have oh, yeah, it. I was just going to ask about that. I just looked it up, and it says there's a second book. So you're, you're thinking of looking at the second book, too? Oh, I'm definitely going to get the second one. The first one was fascinating. It had so many things in it that I, my mind, I learned a lot about spiders. Yeah. Which spiders creep me right the fuck out. Really? <laughs> yes, they I'm really do. I'm a snake do. person. And the idea of going they down don't. to this planet that's completely, oh, in, hate uh, completely inhabited by spiders... And the way, oh my God, the sentient spiders, that, that is one freaky fucking thing, if you ask me. I mean, that's scary right there. Yep. But it was interesting because it made me rethink my phobia a little bit. Hmm. It was cool. It was something totally different. So highly recommended. I gave it five stars. 
My only reservation, as I said, was about the whole stasis issue. So there we go. So Ola, do you have any like parting words for us from about Houston? Anything that like is super cool that when people visit they should see? Mm, pick a cab. Don't drive. <laughs> I mean, oh, we were down there. Yourself the stress if you're coming to visit. I mean, we there's t- a lot of cool things in Houston to see. It's a huge city and it's really diverse. One thing I like, I used to be an ambassador. You know those like extra peppy people that you hate orientation <laughs> that used to be me and our our tagline is we're the second most diverse university so if you're coming to houston expect to see people from all works of earth which i really like that's, so, the, that's thing that, the thing that I love about you. that's the thing that i loved about it the most i would have never left i would have stayed there forever but my husband hated it he just hated it <laughs> and it was the traffic I was mm-hmm. going to say. That's the reason yeah. we moved. It was just, he. it took him an hour to get seven miles every day. Yep. One way. You get used to it. But like when you come to the suburbs and you move there, it's kind of just like, I don't want to live here. It seems like torture. When you, If you worked from home, it wouldn't be a bad place to live because then you wouldn't have to go to the office every day. Yeah, That is true. It's just too hot in Houston. It is hot, but you know what? I freaking loved yeah. it. I really loved it there. If we ever make it down there as a group, we'll all find us a nice coffee shop or a bookstore or something, and we'll all hang out together. Definitely. We'll Uber. I might try to come in October if I don't have any exams or anything. I mean, now that I drive. Oh, and also... We need to get a, we need to get a book girls group together. On Ola our- and Shona, I need you to send me a picture of yourselves so I can put them on the website. Yeah. If you don't mind being no on the problem. website, I'm going to put, like, um... All of the tours. All of the book, all, the all of the virtual world tour guests guests are going to go on the website. I finally got the pet one up after saying I'm going to do it for two weeks. <laughs> <laughs> well, you just don't understand how difficult it is because they're all on my phone, and my phone because my my computer at home is so freaking old and slow. When I plug my phone in, it takes forever for iTunes to get to my photos to download them. So I end up emailing them to myself. So I have to put them on my phone, email them to myself, go into my computer, save them onto my computer, go onto the website, save them onto the website before I can even do the post to put them all on. First so. world problems. I know. And for my dog to leave me alone long enough. Oh, she had to mention the dog at least once, Ola. <laughs> I'm not really a dog person, but I don't really mind what people talk about. Do you have a cat? I just think they're too energetic for me. No, I don't have a pet. But if I were to get one, it would not be a dog. Because it just seems like a lot of work. They are a lot of work. It's like having a freaking toddler. They are a lot of work. Yeah, no. Ugh. But I a love my dog. going to clean themselves and eat and just be quiet in the corner. Yes. That I can deal with. Yes. <laughs> Another Sometimes. one for the cat team. Whoop, whoop. Not always. <laughs> I've had cats that want to destroy stuff. <gasps> well, yeah, that's true. That is true. Poop in your puzzle. Shelby's cat Poop always scratches me. Poop in your puzzle? Me. What the actual <laughs> hell? <laughs> Body. <laughs> You've never had a cat that went poop in your... I never have had a cat poop in my puzzle. I was doing a puzzle one time, and I had a cat at, at this particular moment in time, and it was like one of those, like... 1500 piece puzzles or whatever and I had the box set up you know like you do with the picture mm-hmm, in front mm-hmm, and stuff mm-hmm. and I went to go into the box try to find pieces and my cat had pooped in my puzzle box so oh, that one went into the trash without that's being finished disgusting cats are like passive aggressive yeah hmm. apparently I was spending more time with the puzzle than with the cat and <laughs> she didn't like it so she took a shit in my freaking puzzle box <laughs> That is so I mean, we got to pay attention, didn't it? <laughs> yeah. yeah. Shitting in a puzzle box puzzle is box? pretty disgusting. Do we need to talk about the event again? Oh, or is that- we need to also remind people that if they want to sign up to be a virtual world tour guest. We still have it set up on our website. If you go to our website and we have a tab, it'll take you to application. This was super fun. <laughs> I, I knew what to expect, so I was kind of prepared, but I feel like y'all went a little bit easy on me, which I'm okay with. Oh, yeah. But I kind of just mentally prepared myself. Like, you know you know what to expect, essentially. And I was not disappointed. This is very exciting. Thank you so much for having me. Yeah. We no were pleased, fun. pleased to have you and pleased to meet you because you are now a part of our tribe officially. Woo! 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 And we Woo! didn't mention sex toys once. 
I know. We did go right? easy on her. It was easy. <laughs> Damn. Jessica, let's let's go let's go. Let's talk about vibrators. Come on. That's your <laughs> domain, not mine. Dude, I just made her blush. <laughs> I love it when I can make Jessica blush. It's her domain. <laughs> That's She's a, a dominatrix. Did you ever turn the color of her hair? Yes, all the time. <laughs> Especially when we're talking about sex toys. And With vibrators. my dad here, yeah. Yeah. <laughs> Thanks for that, guys. You're welcome. No problem. Yeah. <laughs> oh, we are terrible people, Ola. We are. <sighs> well, thank you for joining us. We really appreciate you. And pass the word around about how freaking awesome it is to read books. Because we want to take over the world one book at a time. I try. I try. Soon, the whole entire Houston is going to know. That books are freaking awesome. You can count on me. I'm gonna go buy a cape and just that's just gonna be my mission. Until school starts, she's gonna be your own superhero. <laughs> and get get us some more three book girls. We need more, more, more. Martha's never satisfied. Never. That's why we have to go to hustlers. You never should be. All that's the time. right. <laughs> Bonnie tried to bring sex toys back in, in case you didn't hear her say that. Yeah. You guys went right past it. It's fine. <laughs> Selective hearing. Oh, that is so funny. Well, I tell you what, uh, Ola, I hope you get to come and visit us because we're pretty awesome in person, too. The bookstore is really fun, too. It's a cool it bookstore. Is. It is. We got a lot of cool bookstores here in OKC, especially Full Circle Books. Yeah. It's fun. It's the best. They serve alcohol, so I like them. <laughs> Speaking of that, I think we're going to go have a, a, a lunchtime drink now at Full Circle. And uh, we're raising a glass to you, Ola. Cheers. Cheers with my Starbucks. Cheers. Cheers. <laughs> I pop soda, but it'll do, right? <laughs> it works. You betcha. And I think that's going to do it for... Three Book Girls. Can't get enough of Three Book Girls? Join the conversation on Facebook and follow them on Twitter and Instagram. If you really love them, share the podcast with a friend. Three Book Girls, a Steel Trap production.